Welcome back to this week's episode of Men and the Machine, the first Halloween in July year five. five. Yes. Okay, I was very flip-floppy on that. Uh, I'm Kevin. I'm Jake. I'm Craig. I'm TJ. And today, so I brought, um, as is tradition. Um, as is tradition. What is that from? As is tradition. It's from like a show or a movie. Or I don't know. That sounds, as is that tradition. just sounds like a pretty no, generic No, 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 but like, uh, I, I know what you're saying. A, I can't think of it either. A show makes a point. Kind of like a, a Letter Kenny makes fun of, uh, uh, what's the saying? What's the saying from Letter Kenny where they all sing it? Oh, 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 oh. oh. Right? When yeah. you put it on the brain, it's hard to think of. But it's that. There's a show that goes, as is tradition. How I Met Your Mother? No, I don't oh. know. Anyways. I, I, I bet Jason's listening. Listening, he could probably get the answer right. first. He, he, know, he knows everything. So, um, as is tradition, I go first. And now the letter K thing is going to drive me crazy. I know it is. You're the, to be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're right there um, there's a show that does that version of it. So I brought the first movie uh, this year, and it was honestly a last-minute Hail Mary because uh, five years in a row, hopefully six, maybe seven, I brought a movie that no one else has seen. Um, this one is called Behind the Mask. The uh, Leslie Vernon story. And I saw this movie. What reminded me was I was going through Patrick's Facebook. <laughs> Patrick watches movies every day, all day. Multiple movies. And I was trying to think of a Halloween July movie when we were talking at work and I'm scrolling, scrolling. And he watched this like a year ago and it reminded me of it. I watched this in 2010. Franny was at college and I went through my, I'm sure most people have, my, my serial killer phase. You know what white women get into. They yeah. listen to true, know, crime like true crime podcasts. Yeah. This was true crime podcast before true crime yeah. podcast. Yeah, and I got obsessed with um, like Netflix documentaries. I obsessed with them. There was a Ted Bundy one. There was a John Wayne Gacy one. There was a, there was a um, new John Wayne Gacy one. Well, there's a new Ted Bundy one, too. <laughs> there was a um, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer one, so on and so forth. There's also, uh, maybe next year I'll bring it, yeah. there's this incredible Russian serial killer movie uh, that takes place in you, this Siberia. You know what's great. really weird? If I told you that Christy had no idea who John Wayne Gacy was, you would think that's weird. That right? would like, be Knowing yeah. Christy, that's really weird. That's a yeah. very alarming she had, thing that she has no on. idea who John Wayne Gacy is. But she knows was. like the other big ones, right? Like Dahmer and... I'm sure she does. Bundy she, and... I, 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 oh, that didn't come up. Like, but. John Wayne Gacy is the one I assume everyone knows because clowns are scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he also was uh, like the... Besides Dahmer, like the biggest like pedophilic one too. Yeah. But it's also like, one of the ones that I think like people kind of misrepresent in their head because it's like, it, oh, he was a killer clown, but no, he was just a killer who happened to work as a clown. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the two the, did not intersect. Yeah, the, the clown didn't really have anything to do with it. Yeah, and he's also like, what he did was horrific, but it wasn't nearly as like spectacle like. Oh, his it, was it, internal. It, was it all wasn't like, nearly as like spectacular as people yeah. think. Like, he literally just grabbed service. someone, murdered them, and hit them under the basement. Yeah. It wasn't like a big to do like Dahmer's inviting young men mm -hmm. over, trying to blah blah. But uh, so I was going through that phase. It coincided with when I was listening to a lot of like Tyler the Creator and like Marilyn Manson and stuff. It was my it was my 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 edgy boy phase. Was <laughs> she uh, a big fat like you do? Well, is he a big fat guy? So one of the. <laughs> Fat lady. <laughs> uh, it 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 literally. So like I know exactly what spawned it. There's a song from Tyler the Creator off his album, uh, uh, the one that Yonkers is on, Goblin, called Fish. And the whole song is really fucked up. He's singing about really messed up, like torturing and killing and all this stuff. And the whole song is about the um, serial killer Albert Fish. I know this because I googled it, which made me look up Albert Fish, which made me recommend a documentary about <laughs> Albert Fish, which made my Netflix queue remind me that there's these. So it like turned into this thing. 
Behind the Mask was in the recommendations. I'd never heard of it, never seen it. I watched it thinking, because the tags at the time on Netflix were um, uh, comedy mockumentary, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, The last half of it, though, is like a speedrun horror movie, and if you know anything about it, I'm a softie. I love horror, but I don't... I'm not like Craig. I'm not going to sit in my room at midnight with the lights off watching this kid. I'll lose my shit. I'll die. <laughs> oh, I did do that for the movie I'm bringing next week. I can't do I can't do that. So this movie, I thought, you know what? You know, it's kind of in the vein of what I'm into right now. Like, I'll watch it. And I ended up being scared shitless. Watching yeah. it now, not scary at all. Not even a little bit. I will commend it as we get into what it is. Um, short movie, hour and a half. Uh, it's about a film crew following a 2B serial killer um, and then you know chaos ensues slasher killer let's let's call it like, oh oh yeah sorry it's, it's not following a se- like someone who's gonna become a serial killer it's yeah. following like it, it's, yeah, this movie's like it's in the world where it, like it, every oh it like, sets every, that precedent yeah, right it's right in the time. beginning every horror movie that you've ever heard of exists in this world as a real thing and this is a documentary crew following someone who is going to be one of those horror yeah, movie monsters. the movie basically starts with giving a list of the movies that inspired it. Mm-hmm. And it does which, it. It name checks uh, Friday the 13th, it name checks uh, yep. Nightmare on Elm Street, and it name checks uh, Halloween. Those are the first three, yeah. It'll name check Chucky later It name checks well. both Chucky and... Um... Exactly. No, there's one more. It, they, they said it way later uh, when they're talking, I think it was like in the library or something. Is it when you're talking about like the other killers? Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, oh! And I just, fuck But it. funny enough, the one movie it does not name check that definitely was a huge inspiration of this is Scream. So it can't for uh, good reason. Yes, it is definitely <laughs> a deliberate obfuscation. Yeah, yeah. And it, it yeah, we brought up um, um, Kevin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, screams another obvious This is one. pre-Kevin in the Woods, they, though. This was 2006. Yeah. They also, I was I was looking up, so I heard you say it earlier, there was plans for a sequel. They had to scrap the script entirely because Scream 5 came out? Scream, Scream, like okay. 2017 or whatever, that mm-hmm. Scream movie, I don't remember which one. And it was basically what they were going to do for it the sequel. It still shows up on IMDb as in Yeah, because they're, they had to scrap that script. They were mm-hmm. like, we have a plan, the guy who played Leslie, who I thought was awesome, uh, was like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. And when that movie came out, they were just like, well, they just made our movie, and they're re- and now they're they're still in talks of trying to do mm-hmm. a different yeah. version. Yeah, the guy who plays Leslie is pretty good. I looked him up, and he's he's mostly a TV actor. He reminds me almost a hundred percent of the guy from You. Oh, oh. Gossip Girl guy. Yeah, got um, Dan from Gossip Dan Girl. Dan from Gossip Girl. Yeah. yeah, he reminds me almost exact. Like he literally like almost looks exactly like that. So. Guy. What my first impression of the, the main actor was this is budget Paul Rudd. I don't get that at all. Hmm, I would think From the way he acted in the beginning I would with think, like the magic tricks. And I bullshit. would think it was more budget uh, Ethan Hawke or yeah, budget Norman Reedus. He's in that realm for me because he had the little like he flippy he's, hair. He's, he's and too the, like giddy to be Norman Reedus. Yeah. Like Norman Reedus, is the no, only that's true. Yeah, 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 Norman that's Reedus true. is down. All right, I'm going back to Ethan Hawke then. He's like he's like budget. Ethan I could Hawk. see Ethan Hawke. Yeah. That's, Rich, you still haven't brought Sinister. I'm so excited when you do. It's incredible. Don't watch it. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Don't watch it. I won't. Um, it's very good. Oh, that's been on my like. That's on my backlog. I mean, I've seen it, but it's yeah, like, and I'm going to continue to avoid one, it. One of these years, it. I will bring it. I promise. I know I've been talking about it for five years now. It took I me will. a while to watch Sinister because it always wasn't on a streaming service. Yeah. Only Sinister Two was. Yeah. And, and that's then, also good. And Not uh, as good, but also. good. And speaking of, uh, the same director has another Ethan Hawke led. 
horror oh, movie coming out. Oh, it looks out. good. Yeah, it does look Ooh, good. Oh, I'm excited. We should go I, see it in theater. I've, never, Ooh, yeah, I've only should. seen one horror movie in theater, and I would go see I've that. seen the Saw movies in theater. I saw day. Haunting in Connecticut in theater? In, in Connecticut? Connecticut? In Connecticut. <gasps> yeah. I saw Woman in Black. No, we got drunk during it. Daniel Radcliffe movie. I saw that one. It was scary. Which one? Is it Woman in Black? Oh, that is a good one. Good movie. Saw that in theaters. Really like it. But anyways, um, so uh, we'll, we'll just, it's a short movie so we can blast through it because I kind of want to talk more about the movie than the plot. It's a documentary crew. Uh, they show up and it's, I actually thought this was awesome. You, you said, oh, I thought this movie was from the 90s because yeah. they specifically film it like camcorder style. Mm-hmm. Although they show you the cameras and they're really nice cameras, um, but mm-hmm. it, it was also the way that people dressed that was yes. really nice. It's because it's like a small town. I mean, it's trying to be a, a slasher flick from the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, so most of this movie is just references to other movies. So yeah, they're, about they're, an, a, it's an hour. It's an hour yeah. thirty-one minutes. About an hour of it mm-hmm. is just uh, literal. Like it, it shows you. The making of a horror movie, mm-hmm. but pretending it's real. A yeah, making of the horror movie from the the point of view of the, well, the one killer. One of my favorite lines ever in the whole movie is when he's sitting there sweating his ass off, and he's just like, "You have any idea how much cardio I do? I have to make it look like I'm walking, but I gotta keep up with them. I'm running like a fucking gazelle out here." I thought that was because, like, that's when when people talk about Halloween, they see Mike Myers standing by the tree, and they're just like, "Where do you, like, come on." How am I supposed to believe that now he's in the closet? Yeah, like that it, kind it's of. It's why shit. people say Jason can teleport. Yes, he can't. He's just really fit. And I loved how they had all these little industry terms like Ahab and whatnot. <laughs> a survivor yeah. girl. A survivor. Yeah. So it is basically a right, very bearings. self. It, it is. If you've seen Cabin in the Woods, you've seen a similar movie where it's very self-aware of the the horror movie tropes that it is discussing. Cabin in the Woods is more of a horror movie than this. Yes, yes, yes. This is a mockumentary. That's yeah, why yeah, I it is very to... upfront about what it is, unlike Cabin in the Woods, which pretends to be yeah. a legitimate horror movie until it gets yeah. to about the halfway this point. This is not like, ah. meta or self-referential. It is a mockumentary in the vein of Spinal Tap. Yes. Like, that's it, not... This is Spinal Tap, yeah, the horror movie. Yeah, it's Spinal Tap, the horror movie, and it's like, it's trying to... Be a real mocu- like a real documentary, it, and it, it didn't it didn't hit me until later on that behind the mask is a play on behind the music. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, he of what course, an idiot. Yeah, friggin- yeah. <laughs> this guy's so um, dumb. Why do we invite him? It, it's kind of funny that it to make it, fun of me that yeah, it exactly. focuses on. I, I wish that's the one thing I'll, I'll say. I wish the movie had focused more on why he looks the way he looks because it references you're talking about like the actual like the mask yeah like because it talks about all of the big names and it's called behind the mask so people like jason and michael make perfect sense Mm -hmm. both wearing masks both doing anything but it also brings up chucky it also brings up freddie and you're just like i want it's not a it's not a knock but i'm just like i wish they had told us why he chose that look and like i I understand understand part of so part of the look is like you know like a like a farmer kid, right? Like, yeah, well, like the overall the, the, the disheveled right. farmer. Kid. Yeah. So, so this guy, uh, this guy Leslie uh, Vernon. Vernon. Leslie Vernon is the character, but they they mentioned that he has like a real name. Well, but you don't know that at the start, it's, right? It's Leslie but Vernon. The whole thing is that he has invented like a slasher movie backstory for himself, and he's very. Well, so no, so well, the no, no. backstory yeah, back is real. No, yeah, back it he up. He is first. not the actual when person they, who encompasses that. When backstory. they meet him, he tells them, "I am Leslie Vernon. The town thinks I'm dead." This is my home. Like, when you're, your first 30, mm-hmm. 45 minutes of the movie is like, oh, that's Leslie Vernon. Like, that's mm-hmm. what the movie wants you to. Yes. But then you find out 
no, he's actually a psych, yeah, uh, a patient of a psychiatrist who is the uh, Ahab. Yeah, uh, yeah he's actually so, from Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, Reno. You know, and Reno. The, they actually did a really good misdirect because I saw the opening credits. I'm like, oh, Robert Englund, he's the villain. Yeah, <laughs> or or he's like the main. Like uh, if you've watched uh, Dream Warriors, or he's like, the, is it Dream Warriors? No, it's a new nightmare where he's. Uh, talking about how he played, for, you know, West Craven's new nightmare, yeah, where he's yeah, West you was, Robert England playing Robert England, but you assume he's gonna be a big part. Mm-hmm. You know, Robert England's in this; he's either gonna be the main villain or the main like he's still helping Freddy. character. Oh, in that movie, yeah. Well, no, he's not. He's Robert England. Uh, Robert right. England does still play Freddy. No, <laughs> new nightmare is. In terms of meta self commentary movie horror movies, it's the every best time one. You watch it. It's better than all the screams. It's better than this. It's better than Kevin Woods. New Nightmare is probably it's definitely my favorite Freddy movie. Ooh, I love Freddy vs. Jason. That's not a Freddy movie. Um, it's, New Nightmare is the proto scream, and this yeah. is this is post scream. Yes, 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 a hundred percent. But but as you were saying, when you're in, yeah, so you learn Leslie Vernon, the guy, um, is you know is still in the town, and he's plotting his. Classic slasher, yeah, his classic comeback. It's the the twenty-year anniversary of when a town group, basically, basically the the story behind Leslie Vernon is he was a uh, a child of a farmer, a bastard. I mean, that's kind of like the made-up story because if you remember, that was all like CGI. He's a bastard. So he was a child of a farmer. It is never made entirely clear how much of his backstory is true and how much is fabricated. And I think that's better. And I remember there being two different backstories throughout the movie. The first one in the very beginning is his mother believes he's possessed, and so right. she goes out into the woods and goes to this fall waterfalls and tuck, chuck, chucks him well, over. Well, they do say that the town... No, no, he's he's right. The yeah. start of it oh, is thought, a different story. I thought, I thought story. they also said the same thing. Like different the town story. And, 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 and his mother kills him, and everyone thinks he's dead. And then later on, he when he gives the backstory of the character he's playing, that killing mm-hmm. everyone, he's like... Yeah, the tar- town. No, the old lady gives that. Story. Yeah, the old lady. Did anyone remember who she is? I don't. I did not. She's the, the medium from Poltergeist. Bingo. Uh-huh. Yeah, around. Yeah, she children. gives a different story. All okay. are welcome. She's much younger in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's incredible. It's that. It's that actor. She's wonderful. I don't know how short she was. Yeah. Well, in that movie, that's the whole like. That's like one of the main points. She's standing around the table. Everyone's sitting and all that. It's great. It's mm-hmm. great. Uh, Poltergeist. I have not ah, seen. Ah shit! I can't bring it then. Anyways, sorry. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the, she plays the librarian later on, and she gives an entirely different backstory about how, like, the town. He's like this, I don't know, inbred something farmer dude with. Not a, inbred. No, no, no. No, apple farmer. No, so he is the bast- he's the bastard son of a drifter who raped a. Uh, oh! Right, yeah. and he fabricates the fact that the drifter is related to the survivor. Well, and also, the rape wasn't real either. He's yeah, okay he fabricates that. the rape. Yeah. He ba- the, the backstory is largely fabricated by him to make a good horror movie villain backstory. And the yeah. fabricated backstory is, is that the survivor girl, uh, this girl Kelly, who he has scoped out for a with while. With an eye. Yep. Yes. Don't forget it. Which I immediately point out, Kelly with an eye has got to be a slut, right? True. True. <laughs> if you spell your name I.E., it's a game over. Why do you think it changed Franny's name? As soon as you end any name that could have a Y with an eye, you're a whore. Yeah, there is some foreshadowing of where it's going. Because he makes it very clear that like you, you probably are all. Anyone listening to this is probably familiar with the tropes of horror movies. Oh yeah. You have the final girl who is always not necessarily directly stated in the movie to be a virgin, but she's the one that it doesn't the, have sex. It, in it's, the movie. it's the same thing in Cabin in the Woods. Like the virgin is the one who is allowed to survive to the end. Yes, and Leslie makes a point that he very meticulously 
will like he'll go to like high schools and he will scout out to find a friend group that has the correct dynamic that he needs for what he's going he to do. He points out the stoners, the jocks, the 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 way they stick together sort of silly silly nonsense. Yeah. He says like you need the stoners because they don't run quite as fast as the jocks. That's how so you, they're good to pad your kill that's count. That's how you pad the numbers. <laughs> yeah. But like they they need to have this one girl that you could single out as the virgin that she'll be the survivor girl. And he has picked this girl Kelly. She works at a diner. He does the 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 drive by on her where he like pops up in like the opening scene, and they film it as a legitimate opening yeah. scene to the movie yes. too. Well, that's before one they reveal the documentary. So yeah, there's actually there's two different camera styles in the movie. One is the documentary style, and then there is the horror movie style, which is what's actually happening. To that's her. what I was gonna say is one of my favorite parts because when Craig said this looks like it's the '90s. Um, I'm watching and it's like film grainy. I, I know you're talking mm-hmm. about clothes now, but it's like film grainy and stuff. And then when it becomes a horror movie at the end, top down, beautiful, like, mm-hmm. you know, high def camera and all that. And you're just like, oh, it's a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I thought, I think personally that's like one of the most creative things they did. Because they could have kept it found footage the whole time and they didn't. I hate found but footage movies. Me too. Oh, me too, for sure. I but actually like found footage Because you're so stupid. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're ugly and you stink. Oh. But anyway, the the thing I was getting at was that this Kelly girl, she's just a random girl that Leslie has been scoping out. So in order to make there be a plot to it, he has not only fabricated elements of his own backstory, but he has fabricated it so that Kelly ties into it. Yeah. So he has he has made up a bunch of microfiche that has fake articles about this guy who he has made up as her uncle. He has a picture that is just her <laughs> photoshopped to look like an old uh, crazy dude. All of the humor, to be her. in my opinion landed incredibly well yeah there's a lot of good jokes in this yeah also i I think it it bears mentioning like we're we're going like through like the broad strokes but we didn't really describe the dude himself like uh up until like all the horror killer stuff he just acts like a dude he's like that's That's actually my favorite part of the whole thing is um the believability of the killers because you know we get introduced to two other killers as well and like they never once show them as uh, aside from one moment with leslie they never show them as like unhinged crazy into really perverted well, they, stuff they, no, they, they even bring it up that they bring up that they are they're not yeah. crazy people they're, they're people filling a necessary yeah. role in a society. job yeah. a job he treats they, it he treats it like it's a nine to five and it's very important to him and he's very passionate about it but it is his job and, and it is actually not who he is. that's what makes me want a sequel so bad because I think the world of, you know, the profession could be a fascinating franchise. Like, because mm-hmm. they talk about how their entire job, when they introduce this older gentleman, he's a retired uh, uh He's played by the dude killer. who plays Herschel in, uh, in, in The Walking Dead. Dead. His wife is banging hot, as is pointed out <laughs> by the main character. Yeah. <laughs> um, when they're introduced, he's been retired for years. He goes over all these different things. You know, I'm not going to, like, quote for quote for the movie, but, like, he talks about what it was like in the old days, what it's like now, blah, blah. You know, they, they build it up as if it's a real thing. I want more of, like, a connected world of that. Kind of, like, think like John Wick Underground Society of Assassins <laughs> of slasher yep. villains. That's, like, what that makes me think of. So this guy, <laughs> yeah. this guy brings up how the, the, the players, like... Fred Krueger and yeah. Jason Voorhees. They, yeah, he calls they him Fred. Doesn't yeah. call him Freddy. Fred, Fred Krueger, Fred. Jason Voorhees, <laughs> and uh, Mike Myers. They all they changed the game. Like they they made it a big like spectacle. Oh yeah. Who do like, you think the hacks? Like what movies are the hacks he's quoting? 
Oh, jeez. Like, are we talking, like, is that like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, no, no. no. Oh, he, he brought, he brought, never named Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But he, mess, he yeah. does mention how, like, the hacks just have, like, just leave, like, a bloody mess behind and they die in the process. I would think... Well, it was a lot of... He was talking about, like, a lot of one-shots. Like, it would be yeah. a movie that just comes and goes and you don't really so, think so about it. So, like, the hills have eyes I, I like will that, say, right? uh, I will say... I don't think the movie was taking digs at other movies. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was a genuine just well, like, here's what killers are doing. S- since this was filmed in 2006, what, what were the big movies in the early aughts? Uh, there was very shitty... I mean, Scream was 2004, wasn't it? Well, not Scream, so it definitely wasn't. Uh, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did. If he's gonna if he's gonna talk Wes Craven and Freddy, he's not gonna disrespect Scream. Yeah, no, he's not. But he could be talking things like, um, the gr- not The Grudge, what's the other one? The Ring... He they wouldn't be talking the right. They, this this movie has nothing to do with J horror. No, no, it doesn't. But when it's if if we're being you know for assuming they're well, talking so about that's the movies, they specifically mention like no, one think, shots who just leave like a bloody I, mess behind. I honestly think what he's referring to is like trick or treat movies that you would see on Mystery Science Theater, like those, those yeah. kind of one off horror movies that are really low uh, budget, bl- really bl- schlocky. What's the what's the um, bloom 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 house bloom camp bloom. What the fuck's the horror movie? Not Walking. There's an entire studio made just for C-grade horror movies called like Grindhouse. Bloomhouse. No, no, no. It starts with BL. I know that. Because Grindhouse is a Grindhouse is a completely separate genre. Grindhouse is like shitty action movies that are really gory. No, um, ah, it's gonna drive me nuts. But anyways. Maybe those, but I, I do think it was a genuine yeah, just like... I was like, just wondering like, if you yeah. had to name a movie that he's calling it. Yeah, I don't think... I agree with you, I agree with you, but I don't think he's taking shots mm-hmm. at specific movies. Just kind of a larger industry trend that... But... When you had these big uh, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, there were a lot of clo- copycat movies that were flash in the pan. Uh, so that's why I'm going to say the novelty horror movies. Okay. Uh, Trick or Treat is, is, is a Halloween movie where a little like... Scarecrow doll murders everyone, and it turns out it's a weird alien thing. It's terrible. Yeah. People love it. Fuck them. <laughs> terrible movie. Uh, that would be my like. They're taking digs at that. Okay, that'd be my guess. Uh, but but they, that couple, and I thought one of my favorite things about the movie. So the movie has a twist, a very obvious twist, but also a very well earned twist. But the twist was really well done. Yeah, it it it, it was yeah. successful. You can see where it's going pretty early on, but my favorite thing about the twist is it didn't unredeem. What's the opposite word of that? What's the real word for non-redeemed? Irredeem? Maybe. Sure. I don't it know if there's a. It didn't. It didn't demonize away. It didn't or take, take away, away from, the... from that couple. That couple stays the retired slasher killers. Through and through. They don't come back and get to be part of the horror movie and take part in Leslie's plan. None of that. It doesn't I utilize love, them. Yeah, though. I love that. I really like the uh, the advice that the old couple I was couple about to did. say that, too, yeah. What advice would you give anyone who's trying to survive Wednesday Cabers? And then don't hang out with virgins. Yeah. <laughs> and then no one follows their advice. Like, no, no. Just, the one guy tries to. He try, but he's I think... Never stop running and don't... Because of the way the movie was laid back. out... Mm-hmm. He did look back. That was his big... I do think, though, because of the movie uh, and, and how it laid out the killer and all of the plans and everything, it was intentional that that was his answer to the question. I would assume suspension of disbelief, they knew Leslie was talking about them this entire time. I, I 100% And everything I, I was part that. of it. Yeah. Well, because if you remember when the, uh, the woman answers the door, her first thing is like, oh, is this the girl? Oh. She's, 
says that to Yeah, him. and she could have been talking about the crew. And, then, or, and that's like, he immediately says, like, yeah, the documentary crew that I was talking yeah. about. Like, but her first reaction was, oh, yeah. is this the girl? That's so true. so, so let's, let's peel back a little bit and look at the documentary crew. because So the main girl of the movie uh, is this woman who, this journalist running the documentary. Her name is Taylor. Um, and she is very early on uh, portrayed as, like, very skeptical, very, like, uh, she's, like, very nervous about this whole thing well, because she knows that this guy is, like, a killer, but she's also trying to be very professional. And well, give, she's like, super new story. to it. Yeah, you can tell she's super new to it because she tries to do the whole, like, 60 minutes lean in. Do so, I sound a lot like Diane Sawyer? Yeah, do I? Yeah, exactly. You can tell she's like trying to make a name, quote unquote, via this. Yeah, and she's 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 yeah. trying to be very much the uh, detached, embedded documentarian who's just like, I'm just here to document this. I'm not here to interfere with this right. or pass judgment on this. But it's very clear from very early on that she is not comfortable with this. Everything he does is sketchy as fuck. But as, he, as it yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah. To murder people. Yeah. That's but, not hidden. But he does have this very, like, disarming quality where he's very... He's, like, a very cheerful, very happy, very, like... Well, he's a goofball. Yeah, he's he a, a goofball. He has a quirk that I noticed in the movie that they don't really lean into very hard. He doesn't swear. He always has, like, these... Oh, gosh darn it. Oh, I didn't... Yeah, <clears throat> okay. Well, nobody, there's not a lot of cussing in the movie in general, which is kind of... Because they... And I think it might be partially intentional because... Well, as everything in this movie is intentional because of what you already said, but like, for example, when uh, they're describing how it's going to go down, the, the, the final night where he's mm -hmm. killing all the people, he's got his survivor girl, he's planned everything out, and they're going over it, and it does like a... Um, it does like a, a playthrough, you know, with full rewind feature. I, actually, and I really like the playthrough. I thought yeah, it was incredible. Was great, yeah. But part of the playthrough, which I thought was hilarious, um, was when they talk about how he's like... Well, he's gonna take the girl downstairs, and you know what they're gonna do. And it shows the girl's boobs get pulled out of her bra, and she's like, "Do we really have to describe it like this?" And he's I'm like, "The one telling the story." And, yeah, and, it, and, and then it just <laughs> it's goes my story, and it just goes on through it. So like, you never saw nudity in this movie aside from that moment, and you never hear swearing from any characters because you really never get any characters until the final stuff, in which case a couple of them swear. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that was right all here. like really intentionally laid out of like. This is a trope, and we're not going to give you it until we're either going through the playthrough or the real horror movie. Mm -hmm. And that was genius. Like, I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. um, but when you said he didn't swear, that's what that made me think of immediately. It was just, like, the boobs. And it even freezes before continuing <laughs> playing through, and you're just like, come on. Now, <sighs> as it's going, you, you get the impression that this uh, is very, as you said, meticulously laid out. Yeah. He plans this for months. He scopes his victim. He scopes his final girl. He has the friend group. He lays breadcrumbs to eventually lead them to go to the... It's this farmhouse that is technically in trust, but it was like his, his family's house. And they tell a great story about how every year uh, the, the local kids dare their friends to stay a night here. And you know what? It's been 20 years, so my time, you know, it, it sets it up like this. So you know people are staying there and, regardless. And that's actually the, the, the scope of the whole documentary crew is he reach out, he reaches out to a documentary crew saying that it is the 20th year anniversary of my death. I'm going to do my resurgence. Yeah. That's why they're there because he yeah. says that it's time for my resurgence. And they don't believe him, but they have no choice but to soon. Yeah, at first, at first it actually almost kids the point where Taylor seems to think this is all some kind of joke, that he's just kind of a weirdo and he's not actually serious about this whole thing. I will say, one. Uh, I'll let us get through more of the plot. I'll, I'll, I'll go, one second, I'm sorry, I'll get to it. 
Um, but anyway, yeah. So he's laying this out, and as it goes, you start to see some oddities that the movie doesn't hang out on. Like, you see Kelly's boyfriend come to the diner, and they're like, who's that? And he's like, oh, don't worry about him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who that is. Some guy. Don't worry about him. Yeah. Um, wow, I never actually grabbed that. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It's one of those things that they wouldn't show unless it's important, so I made mm. note of it when it happened. Yeah. But... You, yeah, you do see some cracks in his whole uh, story that they're telling about what's going on. And that's what started making me uh, keen to the twist. And again, this goes back to Scream is the one movie they don't name check. The, the one part I, I grabbed immediately for the twist uh, being uh, let up was um, when they're in the uh, library. They, he's constantly going through every step of his plan, and up to that point everything is identical. The one part that didn't actually line up was when he's telling her what the librarian's going to say to her. Oh, it's okay, sweetie. That's an old thing. Nothing to worry about. That's not what happens at all. The old lady walks over, explains the whole detail, yeah. and is just like, and that's the story of the town. Like, that didn't line up at all with his pre-laid-out story. Which, to its credit, he constantly, he says in that library as well, and if everything goes right, it which rarely, rarely does. does. You know, so you can give that the benefit of the doubt, but, he, you know, that's the first time it didn't line up with what he had, like, right. laid out. I, I actually didn't see the twist happening. Good. Yeah. That's what I'm saying by it was earned. Like, if you want it to be there, because a lot of people go into movies expecting something, especially now in today's day and age, like, post-Shyamalan, where everything's a twist. Mm -hmm. But you go in expecting something of a movie. There has to be a climax. Um, but I thought this one earned it really, really well. No, they, they, they did a very good job at hiding the, yeah. the twist. It, the twist, I mean, it is like you you can see all the signs and stuff like that, yeah. but it was... Uh, it, it's, it's very easy to recognize all the pieces in hindsight. Yeah. I was like, uh -huh. oh, of course, that, now I know that since he mentioned... Like, when they go through all the symbology, like, yeah. the, the closets, the womb, yeah. and the, the, the orchards, the birth canal, and, and the, the axis, his cock, I'm like, <laughs> he gets really sexual with... Oh, he does, yeah. All, I mean, and, like, that is a part of horror movies, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it, it's mm -hmm. always, like, has this sexual symbology, but when he gets, like, very, um, what's blatant about him, like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it makes sense for yeah. him. <laughs> The library is also where Robert England's character gets introduced. Um, mm -hmm. He is he is the Ahab. That is the term that they have for yeah. it. He is the industry guy, term. The, yeah, the industry term. He is the guy that has like a past with the killer and is hunting the killer down to try and prevent yeah. him from taking any more of the killer. Yeah, he is. He's basically Doctor Loomis from uh, Halloween. I was just about to say he's mm -hmm. exactly the Doctor from Halloween. Mm -hmm. Like it even in stylized, it does the. The, the long coat, the brown leather long coat mm -hmm. and everything. He's the old man with the His backstory is the same. He's a psychologist who studied this Leslie guy. And, as a kid. And, as yeah. a kid. And now feels personally responsible and wants to stop so, him. So yeah, the, the first twist is, as we've already said, but just for the point of it, the first twist is they decide to go and talk to the girl despite being told not to. And while they're there, the doctor notices them. And he walks over and immediately is like, you know where Leslie is. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, he's not Leslie Vernon. He's Leslie Mar Martin Martin Mar Mon something Mon some yeah. Montusi. Mon Anyways, Mon he's Leslie Montusi. <laughs> Leslie Montero. And he's yeah. just like, he's not who you think he is. He's from Nevada or whatever. So she walks out, and obviously Leslie's there because fucking serial killer. Of course he's gonna be there. And he starts badgering her like, I told you I'd talk to her, and you can tell he's flustered. And she t says, you know, did you ever live in Nevada? And he grabs her by the throat, and he's fucking 
brutal at this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, he slams her into the van and all that, and you're like, oh, shit. So the first twist is he's not Leslie Vernon. He's from a completely different state, but he's using this story to build his legend. And he's he's kind of able to spin it, too, because he's like, yeah, of course. I've fabricated parts of my you backstory, know what I love like about you saw this? in the library. You know what I love about this? It implies Mike Myers ain't Mike Myers. It implies well, yeah, Freddy's he, not the spirit of a dude that was yeah. burned. It, like, I love that about this. It's just like, because it, it makes a, multiple times it makes a clear point. Don't fucking worry about that. That's not relevant yeah. to this horror movie. Yeah, they, they said he said that most of all of these characters use CGI yeah. and yeah. false and, and know, I, false information. I love that. I going. thought that was great. It's not about what actually happened, but about the story that the survivor tells afterwards yeah. about yeah. the legend yeah. that they built. And they even say that like when they're talking about like when they're talking about like the legend of Freddy Krueger, they're like they you know some say that he was so vicious that they haunt him in their dreams still yeah it's like nah he just walks into the room and stabs him probably mm-hmm. but i thought but he fabricated like, his legend like a true professional right so. right because he's a man of dedication he's put in the time he's put in the effort um so that's the first twist right and then you get through we meet the couple you know everything's going really good actually the scene of the deprivation tank i thought was hilarious when we were introduced oh to yeah him. like the killers have to not only rigorous cardio so that they can chase you while looking like they're walking but it, uh, it explains us. every piece of a trope it yeah. explains why the limbs break why weapons are inefficient yeah. why lights go out oh yeah why he's they constantly get, sabotaging everything why, why everything is always just just because when you're watching a horror movie the trope is someone yells like why are you going down there all that stuff it is all very well explained in this movie. Yes. At right. least it is all pre-planned re- and orchestrated to like lead them to these. Yeah. Especially when he like comes in, he's like, "Got the spark plug." Yeah. <laughs> so that was incredible because yeah, I didn't was, pick yeah, that yeah. up on the first time. When when they that was one twist. The other one that I really like is how he says, when they're going over the final plan, you've got to just put bodies places specific as deterrence or motivation. That's like. Number one, well, technically, I think that's like the third rule. But that's like a big thing is that when you kill someone, you don't just leave them. You got to make something of it. And then as the movie progresses, every death, you kind of just whatever. But they turn up, you know, the guy in the in the feed, the guy in the shed is no longer the guy was supposed to be. It's actually the mm-hmm. friend there. All that stuff still played into it. And even though I knew it was coming, it kind of feels fresh. I love when he's talking about how... Like, before, before he sets up the scene to do all this, like, as you said, sabotaging the breaker, he's got this Cutting very the weapons. Plan. Yeah, sawing through the weapons so that they will conveniently break after one use. And actually, it pays um, off that the documentary, clue, uh, documentary clue crew <laughs> learned it. I was having a lot of trouble there. <laughs> it pays off big time when they're trying to escape from him in the barn and she opens the window to jump out. She sees a pitchfork pointed right at her. Mm-hmm. And if anyone else had jumped through that without knowing he planned all this shit, they would have been impaled. But she goes and is like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, he, cover, he covers his exit. And I thought a really funny line was, she's like, isn't that kind of cheating? And he's like, do you understand how much of a logistical disadvantage I'm at here? <laughs> like, there's one of me and I have to kill all these people his and make first, sure no one escapes. His first thing, uh, his first aspirated word is, it's preparation. <laughs> and, and it's just like, yeah, he has to do. He he, he uh, nails the windows shut. He has the uh, electricity wired up to a switch that he carries around to shut power. I, I do like how she points out, like, why don't they just break windows? Like, you think they do that, but they only really do that on the second floor. <laughs> yeah. and then they're on the roof, and <laughs> good is gone there. They cut all the high branches and sabotage all the low yeah, ones. I love that. I love because 
it's so easy to notice little tropes that they overlook, but I, to this movie's credit, they pick, they, they. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, it points out that like every single aspect of this horror movie that the you know the killer is trying to live in is planned out, even to the very end. Like, mm -hmm. the even the very ending where you know the the survivor girl wins. That was planned for him to be yeah. that. That was how he wanted how yeah. he wanted that. And that's why he says, you, uh, well, we'll get there. He mentions how he grew out the orchard to make it as creepy as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you need, you need to have the little arch that you go through because the yonic symbolism is very important. <laughs> yeah. The orchard represents the birth canal that the hero goes through and comes out a goes in a victim but comes out a hero. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. very important. Well, I do like the fact that like whenever like the, the lights cut out, it has like a little like uh, a clicker, clicker yeah. like, like a garage door just <laughs> yeah. click click it's it's not like a mischievous that's why he's not in the basement and there's no cables cut in horror movies they just fucking <laughs> um but that, let's get to the twist so um the, the the night is here it's upon us everything's planned there's actually like a big blowout between them because the first step of the plan is murdering the couple having sex and, like you, know, you do, yeah. Right. And, and he goes. He, he goes and he does it. And at this point, the Taylor is like, "This is really. This is fucking it's real." It's too now. far. Because like up to this point, it's all been planned. And she's like, and she says it multiple times. You're you're not gonna. You really are gonna do this. And he's constantly harping like this. You, is you don't right. understand the problem. You yeah. don't understand. You like, don't understand what we're doing here. Yeah. Um. So when that's the first blowout, and he's like, "All right, get the fuck out." And they but get out. He says, "You have you have that look. The I can't let you do this look." Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he kicks him out. And he just says, "This is it. Like I'm doing this tonight. You can't handle this. Leave." This is my night. Um. Yeah. This is my <laughs> night. Actually, uh, I did want to mention on this one of the most beautiful like other tropes that they covered, which actually pays off in the end. This Vaseline that he's covering his body in mm -hmm. has anti-inflammatory, uh, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, anti yes. and flame retardant yes, he covering. he specifically said I made a specific flame retardant coating on this. He, oh, yeah, he very says important. That, he says that when he's coating his face, yeah. and this is also the first time when he looks at her I just differently yeah. through the mirror. So that was awesome. Um, but anyways, he kicks him out, and, and they're standing there, and they're getting ready to leave, and she makes her big, like, you know, this is when it becomes a horror movie, because she says... She literally says what he said, yeah. like, she says, you can't let him get away with this. Well, she, she says, like, shut off the fucking cameras, they shut him off, and they put him in the van, and the camera now is high def, no longer grainy found footage. It's the first time you see the crew, which is... Yep. Top down, two dudes are with her, a fat dude and a skinny dude. It's, it's basically... Todd and Doug, right? That's the name? Todd and... I don't know the other, I, but Todd's definitely... one of them was Jason. No. Todd is Todd is is Bargainman Jonah Hill. Yeah. And uh, the other guy is I don't know Shaggy. Yeah, he, he he's shaggy. the stoner from uh, Cabin in the Woods. He kind he kind of looks like McLovin when McLovin has facial hair. I don't see that hmm. at all. But okay. I'd have to see him again, but I'll go with you. So, anyways, um, or maybe Jason so type. She says exactly what he says the woman will say when she's being defiant. Oh, we gotta save him. He can't get away with this. It won't be part of his plan. We know what we're doing. Yeah, we know the plan, so we can go in yeah. and we can interfere with it. And it turns out every single part of the plan is actually not part of the plan at all. They make you think. Like, they're constantly... There's there's a, a lot of dialogue going on. Constantly being like, well, then this weapon, then this, and this, and... and not a single time is the plan actually broken. Yeah, so this is where, like, so yeah. the, the first part, the first step to them getting through his plan is they're, they go in there, they tell, like, the, you know, the kids that, um, this is what's gonna happen, where is, the, the where, is where is the, Kelly? The two stoners are downstairs, yeah. and they're just too stoned to actually care about anything. He's like, where is Kelly? That, that's what we gotta do, we gotta find Kelly and show her where, uh, what's yeah. going on. 
If Kelly's upstairs, just fucking going get at him. it. Ba- I was like gonna I say said, getting banged, Kel- but she was not. No. She was doing the banging. Yeah. Kelly was an eye is in fact yeah. a slut. And and they didn't. The pick eye up, doesn't lie. And they the didn't pick lie. up on it right there. They were just like they, ah, they think he like now. scouted her out improperly, but no, he mm-hmm. knew this going in. Yeah. Um, so as this starts unfolding, this is where the spark plug comes into play, which I thought was awesome, because the one guy comes. I the minute he walks in, he goes, "They slashed all our tires," and I was like. Well, it's because he didn't slash the tires of the van. He took spark plug for the van because he fucking knew this. Mm-hmm. He came to them like two hours earlier with their spark plug. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. So it turns out that Taylor is in fact the reporter from Scream and not... Yeah. The, <laughs> and that, is, a, that is the survivor girl that he's actually going she's for. She's a and virgin, the, although she never says, I'm the virgin, but she another comes... Another person says you're the virgin. The <laughs> other person's like... You know they're they're talking Boy. about how Kelly's not a virgin, of course, and they're like, talking like laughably not. Yeah, a they're talking. Kelly, Kelly dies to jumping out the window <laughs> to the sabotage <laughs> branch, <laughs> and uh, they they're up in the rooftop where he was supposed to be in the barn in the hay barn, but he's not up there. And then she has a realization when they're calling each other whores, um, like ah oh, fuck, I'm the only one here. Oh, it's me, blah blah. And the other two look at her like, yup, it's you. Um, I thought that twist was dope. Yeah, it was it's really good. Great. That was a good But twist. here's my favorite thing about this movie. It's a short movie, like we said, and we've already spent an hour with all of this mockumentary bullshit. It does not make you sit through a full horror movie. It knows that oh, now... Oh, streamlines it. No, it knows now. Like, we've already done the play-by-play. We've already done the planning. We've already done the fun full-footage uh, replay in their head as they described it. It's like, we don't need to do this whole movie, so... Gimlin shows up, dies. Buddy's like, you have to get through me. Slams him against like the wall. Todd, like, I like Todd's like, he's like, I remember your rule. You can't let him get away. Yeah. You have to chase me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's too out of shape to actually get yeah, away. He's like, oh my, he actually says, oh my god, I'm tired. And then when he gets taken down, he's like, Dude, Leslie, it's me, Todd. Todd, yeah, Todd. Yeah. He even takes us a minute. Todd, Todd, yeah. come on. You get it's Todd. 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 Yeah. Todd. Yeah. When it is in the horror phase of the movie, I'll help you kill one. When it is in the horror phase of the movie, it is still not really a horror movie. It is still kind of it is almost slapstick in the way it frames It's very it. yeah, it's it's very that's what I'm saying, and that's why I say it's a credit. It knows that you can no longer watch this, seriously. So instead, it's only going to give you the bullet points, and you're going to know exactly why those bullet like points are there. The Ahab shows up and they accidentally knock him out. Oh yeah. yeah. Or or when he gets back up, he actually doesn't get his Ahab moment. He doesn't get a word in. <laughs> Leslie grabs his hand and stabs him with the scythe, and it's yeah. over. And I I I think that's so well done because I actually was reading a lot of reviews on this before this. People don't like that the end of the movie goes so fast. That's exactly like, how the end of the movie has to be. It has to be like that. And uh, sorry, like, you go. There, there is something I, I do want to uh, point out that I, I, I don't know if, if we covered it, but I think it did pretty well. Uh, just like the relationship between Taylor and Leslie, because at one point Taylor was like, "Oh, you love Kelly or, or some shit," you know, like how the, the oh the, the killer. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you really love her. But oh, yeah, you yeah. you have so many moments between Leslie and Taylor, like. Right before you, it, the night actually starts and he got all the paint on and they have like a little moment up mm-hmm. in the barn. He's like crying. He's like, I'm so happy. And she like holds his hand and mm-hmm. it's like, oh. This and is... all of the interviews are like, you know, they're they're not like a there's guy. De- to... There's chemistry between there's, them. Yeah, I mean yeah. like when when she helps him with the initial, like the opening scene, mm-hmm. 
Like they're like giddy and they're both like jumping up and down. Oh yeah, we together. did it, we, we did, did it. it. Yeah. And, and you know, everyone, you know, the, the camera crew, they all got fist bumps and you know so, so she gets a hook. It's really not that big of a deal for like the movie to be like, Okay, killer, kill off all these random people that don't matter that we haven't fleshed out because it's the the camera crew and the killer that matter. Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly enough, when we finally get to the end, and again, another uh, setup that he knew, th- this was the plan. This was not him improvising. Yeah, time, yeah. Uh, because he makes a big deal of the cider press. So I, wanted to, I wanted to talk about this. I think this movie has one of the best Chekhov guns ever. Because, um, you've seen Oculus, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is what I think is the best. Oh, but anyways, um, everything, <laughs> yeah, <it does>. everything <laughs> leading in through this movie... Oh, is telling you exactly how it's going to be and what it's going to do. And when they try to subvert it, you think maybe the crew has the upper hand. So, for example, when she runs into the shed, she knows damn well don't grab anything. Right? She, she goes hand. all the way to the end and grabs the axe. Turns out that was sabotage. She mm-hmm. runs through this place, like jumping through the window of the barn. Turns out sabotage. So everything he plans out doesn't actually happen. And the Chekhov's gun of the final where he says for the cider press... She, he's talked about every weapon and every plan, but he, all he says is someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah, that's all he says. He's like, this is important, and they ask why, and he just deflects it. Although, yeah. I think for the the axe itself, uh, he did pretty much go through every aim point and be like, uh, yeah, this one's this, this one's this, and like the axe, like that one. He specifically if you get said he, one good swing. He did specifically say he sabotaged the pick on that. Axe. No, and and he also said in that scene, I sabotaged everything closest to the door well he didn't say close to the door but he said i said i grabbed everything convenient and he says i think he actually says he didn't get every weapon in that room which is why she ran to the back wall she didn't touch anything in the front or the sides she went all the way to the back wall and that was that was great i do also like the fact that he's like one good swing and she did just have oh, one good yeah. swing and it, it broke she grabs the handle he disappears in classic <laughs> slasher style but the, cardio cardio man it's cardio but the, the final apple press, they don't tell you how it's going to be used, what it's going to be used for, all that someone's going to get hurt with it. And it's also like a really corny device. And yet it was so satisfying that she kind of fought him off, stabbed him with his own sigh, and then just fucking cranked it on his head. I, I'll be honest, during the, 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 the scene where like it's falling her hand going down and to the side, I'm like, is she going to grab his dick? That's what I thought, too, because they say that over in that scene where he's talking about masculinity. I was like, she's going to grab his dick. I feel like that's kind of the point, though. Yeah. Like it, It's the demasculation of him. The, uh, yeah. His, his we- the weapons are, all weapons in the movie are phallic yep but she grabs his own side yeah, no, not yeah. his dick and just fucking right in the ribs um and then the the end just happens they they did it the boyfriend's like we did it england's still alive as he's gonna be yeah that is the one thing that doesn't seem like it quite lines up with his plan because there's the there's not one survivor she survives the the one guy from the film crew and robert england's character it doesn't survive it doesn't he, he does get the one Ahab line, like, he's only a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't live up to the movie's tropes, but it lives up to slasher tropes, but where it, there's uh, always the other person who somehow makes it through, and at the end, and, and to be fair, it's like, reflection. Yeah. And, like, when he, you know, kills that one guy, he literally just, like, bots his head against the wall, and he passes out. Oh, yeah, yeah. when I saw that, I was like, he's not dead. Is he going to go back? No, he's yeah. not going back. Uh, okay. Sure. It makes sense when you realize that the movie that it's really playing, that the playbook it's really using is Scream, and not these classic slasher movies that yeah. it says it's using. 
I just, I, I love the quick turn on you. Of, of everything being, as we've said so many times, so self-referential mm-hmm. and meta, but being real still to its own unique version at the end. So, but, Craig, did you not realize, because I remember you mentioned, like, oh, you had, like, that oh moment, like, while we're talking here, that the him being set on fire was all part of his plan to begin with, too? I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. so there's a reason she, why matches were directly next to the gas can. Yeah, yeah, like every single thing, including his demise, was all part of his plan. Well, he even mentions it when he's in the uh, Apple press. He gives like a last word. He's like, good. Yeah, good. nice. Yeah. This is good. Oh, no, he says you were the one. You were the one. Yeah, yeah. he says you were At, the one. Right before she does one badass last twist, final he's like barely gets it out. He says you were the one. And like... I, I knew he was going to survive, especially with the, 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 the credits scene. The credits were doing it. Well, yeah. I completely forgot about the fire retardant makeup. And the other thing is, his hair is like, everything on him is wet. Yeah. It doesn't do the, because cl- like every movie has done this thing where a character like prepares in some way and then it's gone in the next scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. He is dr- like almost dripping in Vaseline the entire time he's doing this. His hair is all caked up and everything. So like, I thought they did a good job of kind of showing... I mean, they had to, right? They didn't have a choice but to really harp on. That's the only thing this movie has going for it. So I like that. Yeah. I like that. It and just... Oh, go ahead. And then, yeah, that's pretty much where the movie just ends. Uh, it, there's no, like, falling action to the movie. Yeah. They kill him. The the three survivors gather and be like, he was just a man. It, and then the credits. That's... It does have a one-off line from the guy, Doug. Uh, it does have a one-off line from him where he says, I love you to her or something. He's, like, holding her, and he says, like, I'm here for you, or I love you. Or yeah, yeah. Like, classic, like, it's the guy you didn't expect, you know. It, it, it's quick, as it should be. If they had really harped on that, it would have been annoying. But, uh, yeah, it just instant, boom, credits. It doesn't, because it doesn't want to be a horror movie. That's just, like, the cream on top of the Sunday. The Sunday was the part, and that was the mockumentary. I, and, I love it. And then, the like, during the whole credits, there was, like, an autopsy scene where he, you know, it, and the credits end with the body... There was only standing up straight. There, yeah, yeah, classic. And there was only one scene from the member I really remember from the first time I watched it, and that was him, him jumping around in the library, oh, and yeah. the dude going like, he's, he's like a, a monkey, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jumping around. I remember the movie being way more comedic than it was, but it still had some pretty excellent comedy beats. And I there it was, was actually some pretty good like movie, re- like other horror movie references in there, like like subtle ones, not like ones that he's actively like yeah, caught. like like when they're when he's scoping out the high school, you see the the two little girls in the white dresses playing jump rope, which is yep. a direct homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, every every camera angle, every design choice, every like line yeah. of dialogue was very. We're making everything. These everything in every single thing they put in this movie was deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, like, accidental, like, correlation. Call-outs or something like that, yeah. Um, And I appreciate that. I also liked that uh, there was another callback that happened earlier where he talks about, you know, he's talking about the dark story about how... Uh, the, the the soil gets uh, mm-hmm. so muddy with blood and all that, and you're just and then he's like, nah, it's just really wet out here in the marsh. And then Todd, trying to run away, gets caught in fucking mud. Like he trips because his foot gets stuck in mud, and you're just like, all right, all right. Like it, it just does a really good job of paying off everything it says, in in a cool way, or what I think's a cool way. Um, but all right, we got to do our usual. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating, which I'll bring up because I'm the one who brought it, uh, and personal thoughts. I don't remember which one goes first. Personal thoughts, then Rotten Tomato at the end. All right, so then start with you and go around the circle. Okay, I liked this movie. I thought it was a good time. Uh, it is, it is short. It is an easy watch. Uh, it is worth. 
it is worth your time. I'm actually, I think it's kind of weird that I didn't hear about it. Maybe it just kind of got buried by the, um, it didn't come out that close to Scream. Scream was like 90s, and this yeah. is like Yeah, Scream was 99, I think. Well, Scream was 2004 for some reason. I'll find it for but you right maybe now. Maybe it was 99. Hmm. Right in 2000, 2001 might make sense for Scream. Let's find out right now. Survey says 96. Scream is way older. Oh, that makes this movie 10 years younger yeah, than Exactly Scream, 10 so. years, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it's obviously a pretty low-budget movie. They don't really have any big-name actors in this. I'm not going to count Robert England as a big name because... I mean, Robert England... Don't you no, dare no, be no. disrespectful Rob, to my Robbie. Robert England is a big-name actor. You know, what's, you know what I'll say about Robert England? So, to neither of your credit. He is not a big-name actor in the traditional sense. He's but, a lister But... He is the most prolific B-lister who specifically chooses to star in movies that are about B-grade horror movies. For example, he is, Zombie Strippers. Like, He's in that movie. Yeah. No, he yeah. chose he to is, be in that he movie. He is the absolute biggest name in horror movies. Like, there's, yeah, not, there's not a bigger name in hmm. horror movies, A-list or B-list, than Robert Inglis. But, That's a good point. I'm going to consider that while DJ finishes. Like, I made the comment early on when we were looking at the credits, like, wow, these are a lot of actors I don't recognize. Oh, hey, Robert England. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. as it started, uh, I think all three of you went, oh, and then you went, that's the name. Yep, that's <laughs> yeah. the villain. Oh, yeah. I know that name. <laughs> yeah. Turns out we actually, there's, you know, all of them have been in something of relevance, but either Yeah, way. a lot of TV acting, so. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I, th I think it's odd that I hadn't heard of this movie. They're like, Cabin in the Woods and Scream are the two movies that you talk about when you talk about these meta-aware parody movies. And this one just kind of got lost in the shuffle. I think it's a good bridge between the two. It, it feel, That's kind of what it feels like to me. And yeah. I liked it for that. I think the humor lands in a lot of it. The uh, actual horror, not really there, but not really the point of the movie. Yeah. Like, it is not a gory movie. The kills that happen in the movie are very, like, quick and done. Yeah. A lot of it is just cut away from and it when it happens. I honestly think my favorite... off screen, like, just screaming. Yeah. No jump scares in this whole movie. Not yeah, just, no. Not, except for the very, very first introduction of him, which doesn't jump scare the audience. It jump scares the yeah. documentary crew. That's about the only one, which I, again I'm actually saying is a positive, even though it's not which, as scary. That's actually good foreshadowing for him, like his ability to do that. Yeah, just to be there, and he does it in the library again, and, and all that stuff. So, um, uh, out of ten. So yeah, it's low budget, it, but it does what it needs to do. I, I I feel like it's an underappreciated movie in that regard. I'm gonna give it mm, a solid eight out of ten. I think Eight's that's good. a good eight out of ten. Eight's good. Okay, Craig boy. So. Uh, Unlike a lot of you, I don't I haven't seen a lot of the uh, classic slasher films. I, we keep talking about bringing them specifically for you, and we just, <laughs> yeah, you never well because there's so many yeah yeah and so so they're like well I do I, I know the tropes well enough I've seen yeah. enough like I I've seen newer slasher films and I've I mean another one is like It Follows if you've seen It Follows you know ninety percent of eighty horror not slasher but horror tropes yeah it follows as an homage to that sort of movie but it plays it straight yeah, yeah. like yeah. and so i'm i'm very aware of the tropes and uh so I, I definitely was able to like get all the jokes and the references and whatnot uh but i'm not familiar enough that like the entire twist and like the fact that he had everything planned was like it that was like oh shit i didn't see that coming at all so and like i did not know like the last third of the movie was going to be like no longer a found footage no yeah longer. i was like yeah. wait we get to see these two dudes i thought it was good, just gonna be found footage the entire way through so it did really uh, subvert my expectations it did a really good job uh uh yeah it was a, a pretty fun movie no 
hour and a half, so it wasn't yeah. it didn't mm. drag on and knew brisk watch. Yeah. It knew when to like get its shit done and like, okay, we're in this part, okay, well we're just gonna streamline it. You don't need to we don't need to stretch this out and make you bored. Like, oh, what's gonna happen? You know what's gonna happen. We're just gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna uh, go through the highlights. So yeah, I'd say that was definitely a solid. I would say seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah. Um, so I actually like this movie felt like it was designed for my sensibilities. Yeah. Like it was literally like the kind of. You love meta stuff. I, I love meta stuff. I love. I mean, I. I love anything that's like kind of like bridging that gap between like comedy and another genre just in general yeah like comedy horror is probably one of my favorite genres of anything black comedy is not the same as comedy horror completely different okay completely didn't different. know yes. just curious dark comedy is just very fucked up things that are funny got pulp it. fiction okay. would be more dark comedy yeah. oh, you, couldn't, like you couldn't say that pulp fiction is a horror no no well, what was the robin williams one uh world's greatest dad yeah world's greatest oh, dad i haven't seen it but yeah. yeah um so I, I really, I, I mean, I actually really like this movie a lot. Um, I think this is the best movie you've brought to Halloween in July. Better than The Thing? Uh, the Thing well, is the, 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 thing is the most the critically I acclaimed movie uh, yeah. brought. I like but this is the movie I enjoyed the most yeah, that you brought. Um, and I think the thing, like we've all mentioned a few times how sh like short this movie is relatively. Yeah. And that's because it doesn't have to fall into the horror movie build up where like it really yeah. tries to like set the stage for like drawing a horror movie it it relies on everyone having seen a horror movie before everyone knows what's going to happen in a horror movie so it's just like here's what happens behind the scenes yeah have fun so i really like that um i think that it, i think the twist was really good you yeah. you could i mean you, the signs were there knowing it's coming up but i actually until it Swapped over to not mock him anymore. Yeah. I, I, I that's when I realized what the twist was. Yeah. So like I didn't. I, I thought it was gonna be documented. That's the whole way. longer of a buildup than you know most movies get through to to, mm -hmm. to to portray a twist. So I'll take it. Um, I'd probably give this about an eight, eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, it was way better than I remembered it because I remembered it being a horror movie and I was very. Oh, clear and about. upon watching. Uh, actually, sorry, I'm gonna. No, no, it's good. Um, I think to where DJ had mentioned where he he doesn't know why this movie fell through the cracks. I think it's entirely because it's mockumentary. Yeah. So like like The Office came out in 2005, which was just before this, but The Office wasn't a big craze when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's really what made the mockumentary style of anything big. Yeah. So like before, like like. You know, you can talk about Mike Miller like this is Spinal Tap, stuff yeah. like that, but that's still that's still a very fringe movie. Like, people are aware that exists. There's a surprising amount of people who have never like even exactly. heard of it. Like, yeah, it's so just like, shocking like, the reach like, that movie. Does the people it. who know of these movies all tout them up very highly, yeah. but up until The Office's big craze in like 2009, 2010, after it had already been out for a while, mockumentaries were just kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That could have been a big reason why it was also you know low budget. Um, which is fine. A lot of low-budget movies still get clout, and this one didn't get much. Uh, I love this movie. I, di I remembered it being scarier than it was, and uh, I think that's solely because of, at the time, what I was trying to watch it and then what I thought I was getting into. Um, I love it. I think it's phenomenal. I loved almost every movie we've watched, actually, except for Evil Dead 3. Uh, Army of Darkness, you mean? No, it's Evil Dead 3. And... Um, <laughs> I think my favorite thing, because uh, this is something that's been more apparent to me with TV shows, movies lately, uh, lately I say the last like year and a half with DJ, 
uh, is pacing issues. I've been very focused on pacing things with like everything I watch. Oh, you know, pacing is key. Yeah, and I'm not good at watching like hour long shows and like certain animes. We've talked a lot about pacing and stuff like that, and a lot of movies. And in terms of pacing and like what you're getting into, this movie never ever feels like it's either going too fast or too slow. Everything feels very deliberate to me. Um, so I love it for that. Uh, and also, the humor hit way harder this time around. I, I thought a lot of the you're quips... Like you're a darker person now. I thought, I thought the quips were awesome. I thought the main character was way more charismatic than I remembered him being. I just... I, 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 I thought it was funny. So, um, all in all, I'll give, I'll give it like a... Um, I mean, I'll definitely recommend it to people more. I'll definitely watch it again with other people if it ever comes up. Like an 8.2, 8.3. It, it's, 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 it's in the upper echelon of what I enjoy, but it's not in the upper echelon of like what I consider great. Mm -hmm. So yeah, L low eight points. I'll give it an 8.2, official. Um, all right. RT scores. Got to take your guesses. I'm not going to take my guesses. Of course, brought it. I've seen it. Uh, take your guess. of we, we did both scores before in the past. That's up to you if you want to give both. I'm only going to you know really harp on the Rotten Tomato score. Are you, I feel talking, like, are you talking about critic and audience? Yeah. I feel like the audience score is going to be higher than the critic score. I feel like critics are probably going to be a little bit unfair to this movie uh, in terms of like comparing it to Scream in an unfavorable way. Yeah. Like, just being like, this is a lesser Scream. Also, for the record, Scream 3 had already been out by the time this movie came yeah. out. Yeah, and people were, because Scream They're 3 had been out, people were getting yeah. tired of that yeah. sort of genre awareness. Yep. So I think the critics not looking at it in a vacuum are going to be a little less kind to the movie than we are. Yeah. And I th I'm thinking like maybe a 75 for critic score. Okay. But somewhere like in the 80s for an audience. Maybe like an 88 audience score. I feel like this has a cult classic sort of feel to it. Okay. 75, 88. So I, I had these scores in my head even before DJ said anything. But I think critics would say 76 and audience would say 85. Uh, I think critics are going to go with like a 65. Three, okay. And audience will be closer to 80. Okay. And also, I feel like uh, upon watching this movie, the plot of Cabin in the Woods is almost the exact plot of this movie. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's very... I mean, it's hard to do a commentary on horror without, without picking on these beats. Yeah, like, yeah, these are the beats. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're what they are. Because they, they literally... Like, these like, are the beats. These are the beats. <laughs> like, like, yeah! Like, Cabin in the Woods, like, they literally pick out the, the stoner. The job. Yeah. The virgin. Like, those are the... the, the and this, this, They the do your work thing. your way through them. The sex where they die. They mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely do a lot of it. Um, all right. So, the uh, Rotten... Oh, that's the screen tab. The Rotten Tomatoes score, 76. Yeah! The nice. official. Um, the critical consensus is, um, oh, come on, get out of here. The critical consensus is a smart mockumentary that presents a gory, funny, and obviously affectionate skewering of the slasher genre. Sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, the audience score, however, 75. Wow. Within oh. a point of each other, which I actually think is kind of incredible. Yeah, uh, it is fair. a certified fresh movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and lastly, I, I will read the first negative review uh, that just says, other than displaying a textbook awareness of its ancestors, Behind the Mask offers next to nothing. I disagree with that. Well, it's not wrong, but it's like, it, it's like, it's like if someone makes you a grilled cheese and you're like, you just put cheese in bread and fed it to me. It's like, yeah, I made you a grilled cheese. What did you think? You, you like grilled cheese. That yes. very much sounds like what I was predicting. The response of a critic who is tired of Scream. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, I, I'm happy you guys liked it. I wasn't, I, you know, I, I love it. I love that movie. Huh. So, uh, what next on docket is not DJ. It's Craig's yep, next. I am bringing The Night House. 
which is directed by, I don't remember the dude's name, but he was the man that his first, his directorial debut was The Ritual. Right. I, okay, I remember you saying that. Is this also a Netflix? Wait, his debut was The Ritual? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his first That was only day. a few years ago. So that means Nighthouse is like new, new. Yeah, Nighthouse, I think, was either 2020 or 2021. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yeah, it's a relatively recent film. Uh, it's uh, it's not Netflix this time. It's on HBO Plus. But okay. I'm really excited to bring it. If you've got I'm HBO excited. Plus, we'll log in and watch. I'm it. excited yeah. for it. I loved the ritual. Yeah, the, the ritual. The more I think awesome. about the it, the more I like the ritual. The ritual was really good. That was a great movie. The, bo- the design of the monster was excellent. I will say. Oh yeah, the Yotan. I will yeah. say we haven't watched a single movie that didn't offer something to us. Um, you hate Army of Darkness. I hate Army of Darkness, but it, I at least now. No army of darkness, and I do, yeah. and I and I know that sounds like a cop out, but I do think it's valuable to understand what that movie is, especially in regards to Sam Raimi, how much we all love him. I do think it's important. I've seen it. That being said, absolute dog shit. Speaking I'm, of Sam Raimi, do you plan to watch Multiverse of Madness? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm uh, super excited. I think, do, you, do you think you're going to be more on the Rob Barnes side no. or the <laughs> no, normal I, human being side? I two years ago, post Endgame, two years ago, I was very much. Why the fuck aren't they making real movies? I have since given up on that, and I understand... I, I should say, that sounds pretentious, but like I'm of the understanding that. It's like having sex with a flashlight. Just have a good time. <laughs> just just have a good time. Like It's, it's not going to mean anything to me at the end of the day. It doesn't need to mean As anything As you said, it is, a, it is a grilled cheese sandwich. You're not yeah. going to get mad at the grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, it's I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. I prefer my flashlight analogy, but you're right. Uh, <laughs> so it's great. So, okay, Nighthouse. Nighthouse. The uh, Nighthouse. Do we generally pre- tell what the other ones are going to be, or do we wait? We wait. We uh, wait. We have that those before. Th- no, no, we have before uh, said. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's up to the discretion of the person bringing the movie. Well, let's just wait. How about we wait? A lot of times we'll pivot. I know you're still, yeah, so. I know you're still, always, you're always a wild card. Um, and I know Zoolander you, 2. And I know you've got like two movies you're waffling between, so let's just wait. I saw um, I do, uh, and I won't, I won't give specifics here on cast. But okay, yeah. Bad. Yeah. I do have a suggestion for how we can uh, repent for having missed a day of Halloween in July last year. I'm listening. We won't. I won't say it on the cast, but I do have an idea. Okay. Well, we'll. we'll so, it's, and it's I, I will say this on the cast because I know Craig has asked for it. There was a podcast me and Kevin did a little while back where we edited something out because what we edited out was what we were what we were joking about bringing to Halloween in July. Yeah. And since Kevin didn't do it... No, no, don't... Door. Yeah, but no, we can save it for a special occasion. Oh, oh I don't okay. even remember this. Okay. I yeah, we, we talked about in the cast what we're going to do for Halloween in July, um, but we want real Halloween in July still to be true. So let's... Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. That can be the, the makeup. <laughs> well, we're going to find out his and we'll go more. So otherwise, this has been episode one, Halloween July, year five. Do we have a catchy name? Oh, shit. Do we have a catchy name? Uh, Halloween July five, still alive. <laughs> this is the meta Halloween in July where we're going to just be very meta about these. Can we call it Halloween five, 5 Electric Boogaloo then? Because we don't have to we, say we're, we're, we're in that meta. We're in that era now. We are in the stream era of Halloween in July where we're very self aware of the podcast and what I, it is. And... I know what I'll do. I'll turn the J in July into a 5. <laughs> Halloween in 5 Lie. Yeah, just like. <laughs> we're like we're doing that to 5 and Morbius. Uh, it's the S. It's Morbius, sense. and then the six is the B for Morbius six. <laughs> yeah. But my it's favorite Morbius is still Forbius. Yeah. Um, but all right, so this has been the first episode. Uh, we will this year. We are pre-planned. Should be able to get them all out. Should be able to get them all out in July, actually weekly, um, because we are well ahead schedule, which is great. 
in the uh, in the uh, interest of being meta, it is still May when we are recording this. <laughs> yeah. But you will not hear this till July. It is a very good thing because I just realized that my July is so fucked. Mine too. too. We've got yeah. the orange party. We got the game. All right. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Jake. I'm Craig. And I'm DJ. Thanks for listening. Over here we have the man of the machine.